0: I'm Tom Williams, you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview (laughs) podcast. Every once in a while, I get a tip, and David Rosenberg gave me the tip. He said there's two guys that wrote this terrific play that's going to be opening up uh, at uh, the storefront downtown, and the play is called The Casuals, and it's by Chance Boone. Say hello, Chance. Hi, everybody. And Andrew Swanson. Hello. guys. How did two guys collaborate to write a play? That's kind of unusual.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, early on in the process, uh, Andrew approached me, and, and uh, we we had I- an idea of it being a musical or a play with music. And from there, I think that both of us had a lot of strong ideas about the story, and and I think. It became more of a, a collaborative effort on the writing aspect of it too, and then the the music kind of fell off. So it's almost you know it is almost like you know you hear of a lot of collaborations within musicals, whether it be like yeah, it's d- and, and and so yeah, I, I, it's but,
0: normal. But in a, you, this is a drama,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So it's like in in a in a way. I mean, uh, it's it's. I don't think it's any different except there's just no music involved.
2: Yeah, I mean, it started it started out being very much sort of a more standard way for a composer and a playwright to work together in that we sort of discussed, we started off just discussing the ideas of the story and like what we wanted to be talking about and sort of the bigger ideas behind the play. And then, you know, we spent about seven or eight months working on it in that capacity. And then we did a workshop of it with uh, the Department of Cultural Affairs last summer across the street here. And, um... After that draft, we really went back to the drawing board, and at that time, it just became much clearer that both of our ideas were getting really infused into the play, and it just made much more sense for us to, you know, evolve evolve the process to include both of us writing, and that took it took a little bit of time for us to figure out exactly how that was going to go.
0: Yeah, that's my next question. A lot of people would be asking, mm-hmm. you know, did you write? Uh, one character and you write another character or or, I mean who did what
1: it's it's funny that you say that because early on that was kind of an idea you know like you know we're both actors let's kind of in a way improv our way through a scene in terms of coming up with a character like really fleshing out you know where they're where they stand where their voices are going to be coming from and uh, it, it didn't it didn't pan out as as I don't think as great as, as we had hoped. Maybe it was just this particular capacity or, or kind of where we were in the process already, but we ended up spending a lot of time really discussing the the character and, like, really what story we were really trying to tell. And I think once we were definitely on the same page of of what needed to be told and, and where, then it became a lot easier. It almost mm-hmm. kind of just...
0: Could you and okay. answer this... Can you tell now that the script is finished? Can you tell who wrote what?
2: No, I actually have no idea. Maybe because, what like Chance was saying, we started we started in this way of sort of attacking like scenes at a time. Like he would take the scenes between these two characters for a while, and I would take these scenes. Um, and there's a couple of different timelines that run in the play. Did you guys act them
0: out, talk them out?
2: Sometimes, yeah. yeah but, I think yeah,
1: to find the best line that would help project or you know propel the story mm-hmm.
0: so that, as actors that gives you a sort of an edge as writers too. yeah and sure. like
2: i think i think as actors also we know when lines sound dumb coming out of your mouth you know <laughs> so like we had the ability to sort of like say things to each other that were in the script at the time and just be like that sounds ridiculous like that can't be in here <laughs> did but you,
0: you eventually... record these sessions uh,
2: there's actually a couple yeah a couple that, are, that have been recorded so. never see the letter <laughs> Um, but we eventually got to the point where um, we were using uh, Google Documents to to use to do the script. So basically, we would. Don't be, you
0: love Google? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, and we. There's would, so many new things they're doing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: we would be we would be either like in totally different parts of the city writing together on the same document, or be in the same room and like talking about it. But eventually, we got to the point where there wasn't. There, it didn't make sense anymore for us to divide and conquer kind of we, we decided that it actually just made more sense for us to just go through the entire play together and so literally every line in the play ha- it has been edited by both of us and changed by both of us so it really did evolve into this like single voice
0: what happens uh, if you disagree
2: <laughs> well usually we would try it out
1: I mean if there was yeah. if there was a moment where where there was a few lines that you know we should, it should be this or it should be that then we just kind of leave that to John and the actors and saw how it went and Mm -hmm. and then usually it would be something completely different than (laughs) what we first were maybe disagreeing about but Mm -hmm. honestly I don't think that we disagreed all that much except for maybe towards the end
2: yeah when things were really getting finalized there would be like two words that we'd both (laughs) be like oh this isn't working it should be this and Chance would be like I don't know man I don't know if that's right
0: no (laughs) coin flips or
2: no no we were able we actually were really good at being able to like you know respect each other's opinions and like just sort of go with uh there were like a couple of moments when we would you know have to like compromise certain things but there was never ever a time for me when I felt like my ideas weren't being listened to or any like it was it was it was a very very unified idea from the beginning so like it it, that really ended up coming out in the process and that we just sort of were both coming at this from the exact same place um could have said it better. Ditto. That's,
0: that's an amazing place to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it
2: is. It's yeah. really fortunate because I can't... There are a number of people I can think of who I could never do that with. Who, who you know, like I, I really do totally respect as artists and as people, but like it does take a very certain person to like not get defensive or like combative about a play, which is like so personal... To both yeah. of us, you know. So we were yeah. really fortunate that um, we were able to like peacefully compromise or just like let it go and like agree and go and see see how it goes. And usually like we would both come to the same conclusion kinda naturally. So
0: So your instincts were, were really tuned in yeah. on a high
1: level. Yeah, and we were hanging out a lot <laughs> too. So I mean you're like really getting to know a person and like getting to know uh we're kind of you know from the same part of the country too, so I think there was a lot of just unifying things that that were there before the before the play even kind of took place and and uh I think the really cool thing that that I you know especially with Andrew, it's like you can just say something and and it's like yeah let's let's go with that or it really kind of started to shape itself um I think that's kind of the cool thing is that we're both kind of in that same mindset of. Let's just make well you just reassured people.
0: So you you would advise people that not to be afraid of collaboration when you're doing oh, it Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
2: definitely. And I think like I was saying before, it's a very easy reaction to be defensive and like protective of your stuff and sort of make everything very precious. Um but when working with another writer, it, it really is it really is just sort of a test to how um how willing to collaborate you actually are and I think the more you can like let let just you know let it go and sort of <clears throat> like know that the project is the most important thing and that like your words are not more important than the show that's
0: a great philosophy or, you know all right now that you have piqued our interest tell us about the casuals what's it
1: about we don't want to give too much away. No, <laughs> Just, uh, uh, you want enough to get a, to get
0: folks to want to go. You do want them to come see your play, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, definitely. All
0: right, you put this work in, why not? Right. <laughs> so, tell us what it's set in what era and what it's you know generally what it's about.
1: So, the Casuals takes place in uh, Nevada, right around uh, the years of 1948, 1955, Between those two years, um, it's basically somewhat of a family drama uh or or I wouldn't I wouldn't want to peg it as a drama. It's it's kind of just a, a snapshot of a, a family with the backdrop being, you know, there's nuclear testing going on at this point in in, a, in America's history. And there's a lot of secrets and levels of paranoia and and a lot of uh this is the part where
2: Andrew finishes my sentence. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of, um, uh, what's the word? I had it in my brain so recently. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, paranoia going on in the country, which is sort of counterbalanced by the level of kind of everything's okay, 50s attitude. Um, that and was sort trust of, in government. Yes, of course. I was 11 years old in 55. So. There you go, yeah. And, and
0: we believe that it... If the nuclear bomb hit, if we crawled under these, the desk at school, we would be
2: safe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we so, trusted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: And How old were you when that... Uh, so you were 11? Like now. I was 11 in 1955. So how many years was that, like, kind of an every year thing for a while of, like... Yeah. Knowing... You know, and trust
0: in government. Yeah. That's why when the revolts happened in the 60s, you know, the Beatles yeah. started it and it went all... That my... Our generation... Revolted so bad because we were such conformists,
2: right? Yeah, um, yeah. and I think I think that's a, a big part of what this play is is saying. In a lot of ways, is that um, you know the the fifties was such a such a time of you know like we had just defeated Hitler and like the world was so glad that we had like saved it from this evil and like you know we won the war and we're like the superpower now. Yeah, like, we
0: had the new enemy, the Russians. Yeah,
2: yeah. sure, exactly, yeah. and and so there's all that fear that this sort of like intrinsic fear built into American society with the development of the bomb and like the war ending that way had this weird like strange like victory but that's really scary and like all of that sort of... And it was an era of prosperity too. Exactly. Because I remember... I I
0: was born and raised in the city but I remember the the big thing was someone down the block got a new car Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing was when they bought a home in the suburbs (laughs) and they moved from the city to the suburbs that was like the big deal
2: yeah because that's when like the suburbs were really like a thing for the first time well it's because they built the highways
0: yeah exactly
2: exactly so like there's this huge amount of like development happening in the country and like this this idea of prosperity is is so so prevalent and so present in like advertising and in you know, television is like a thing that people are starting to watch, and like yeah. the 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 modern day view of that time period is so built on those images of you know the movies from the era. And is that how you did your research advertising? For somewhat. So, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, which is and it's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the thing about doing research about the fifties or any time period is that, you know depending on what material you have and I think especially with the 50s we've talked about this like the you know the advertisements and movies are you know there's a filter to it you know there's there's a put onness to it you're not actually seeing what maybe the 50s is in terms of I mean if you're if you're using movies as research like people aren't going to talk like that all the time kind of thing you know so we wanted to use uh, um <clears throat> that that kind of, uh, role that language plays in, in a time period as a, as a means to kind of use as a device when, when people are, are kind of put into a position that's, that is compromising them and like, how do they react? And there's like a, a an ebb and flow of like going from what would be, I guess, considered just people
2: talking and, and, and then people sort of falling into that more like stereotypical way of
0: As you as you develop the play. Did you have any old guys like me
1: or give you feedback that lived in that era? You know, I uh I mean I you know talked to my dad about it. I talked mm-hmm. to uh, you know some some people just here in Chicago. But, you know, that's that's kind of the cool thing too, is that there's so much you know, right now, in our day and age, it's so easy to try to find as much information as you can and, and really form your own opinion. And and uh, it was funny, like, Norm Waddell in, in the cast, who plays Officer Harris, he um, he had a lot of great things to say and was just so... We're just really grateful to have him on board because he's, he's really been a help in, in terms of, like, finding the right props, you know, and, like, really, just when you walk in and watch the show, like... I mean, there's flash bulbs, you know, from the '50s that are being used. <laughs> oh, that's
2: in the good. Show, you know, yeah, really. Try so you, you paid attention to, to the
0: dress, the hair, women's oh, yeah, styling on. You know, definitely. Because I've seen enough plays now. Where i, I where I'm really up on women's hairstyle. I can tell the 40, You know, yeah, <laughs> I've seen enough yeah, yeah, plays.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, you you get to see that. Well, well, that's good because you know, when I was growing up, they said the real history of our of any era is always going to be written by those who come after. Mm that we're too close to it
2: yeah absolutely yeah. totally and I think that that's actually an interesting point too in regards to this play is that we I feel like the 50s and now are kind of just far enough away from each other that there's sort of a a clarifying view of that time period for people our age today who um, have sort of spent enough time in the like disillusionment of like the American dream in a way that there's sort of like a little bit clearer of an idea that like every period of time there is struggle and there are major issues in society that you know are gonna be are gonna be glossed over by the powers that be just because it makes everyone feel better
0: you know but in that era in the in the 50s the American dream was was really a propaganda thing, yeah. And advertisers, as you said, had a lot to do with that, yeah. And and just and the trust in the government, yep. You know that's why uh my generation went to college. We we went to college enough because we were interested in learning, because that was the ticket, yeah, to the corporate world, mm-hmm. which I rejected. I never <laughs> went, thank God, but I did the other thing. You know, if you didn't go to the corporate world, you either did police, which I did, mm-hmm. or teacher. I did both. <laughs> yeah, it it thought. You know, but again, that's institutionalized. Yeah. And that, and that's my one friend got a degree in accounting and I said, why'd you study accounting? He says, well, when I looked in the book to go to college, the first thing that came up was accounting. He says, they told me I could make money doing it. He retired as a police commander.
1: Never huh. did a thing in the college. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, and there's a line in the play that's like, it's, it's, they're asking, you know, why do you do this job? Because one of the, one of the characters in the play is, uh, is, uh, doing interviews. For for a government uh, government process that's happening, and you know, it's she says it's it's for the country. It pays. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think there was like maybe an over an overarching feeling of like you know what, like we're gonna as long as if I'm doing something for the country, then
0: yeah, gonna... and job security, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. come. Up, remember, their parents were the depression. Yeah, was, you know, mm-hmm. if you made five dollars a week, you were lucky.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So what got you? so interested in this era for your play
1: i just you know it's i've loved i'm just a huge fan of um, you know movies that come from you know even farther back like marx brothers and, and keaton and and uh in the 50s you know my my father was born in the 50s so you know there's a it's always kind of been around or I I don't know it's just like it's a great time I think all time is great I mean all every decade has something about it that that makes it unique and and Mm -hmm. want to find well
0: the 50s were definitely uh, was near of prosperity and and people had that blind trust but they had that optimism yeah they knew somehow (laughs) it would always work out and And everything
2: is going to be okay yeah yeah so how does that
0: affect your your plot without giving too much away
1: (laughs) these people well, I think it's a, how do people deal with that when when they they maybe know that things aren't going to be okay. You get to watch how how these characters handle themselves in that situation. Like, mm-hmm. how what's the best way to go? And you see them tr- trying at, at different options and trying to make the best choices not only for them but for the people that they they love. And and there's sometimes consequences. And well there's always consequences, but you they're just sometimes good, they're sometimes bad. And the, the real question is, um, especially with something like a lie, when somebody tells a lie, uh, in with good intention, something like a white lie, you know, so along the lines of like, Oh no, honey, you look you look great. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. but I mean it's still a lie. It's still something that you're not you're not being.
0: So truthful. I take it a lie. Figures into your play it
2: does it yeah. does and i I also want to add that like um with with the with this play there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh a lot of different people who are all kind of living um living with a certain amount of need for hope, you know what I mean because yeah. it's a it is a period of time when hope is so like On the up and up, and everyone's feeling like pretty good about the way things are going, Um, even though there's that sort of like psychological deep-seated fear of like world destruction. Um, Yeah, that was always yeah in the back. Everybody's yeah. Um, But I think I think one of the things that that, you know the 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 one of the reasons I'm going back a little bit, but one of the reasons I think the '50s is such a, a a really like unique period of time is that it's such a clear um it's such a clear juxtaposition in in most of the society that it's you know how how do you how do you go about living in a world where atomic war is a possible thing and you have children and you have like A husband who goes to work every day and like puts food on the table and like that's great but also like we could all be on fire in an hour you know so yet
0: there wasn't a disillusionment people were very positive
2: yeah absolutely
0: and what I got what I liked about that era and it showed the change and I hope you guys did it in your play was a man would never leave his house without putting a suit coat on and if he was (laughs) going anywhere he'd have a tie women would wear dresses now look at us yeah (laughs) we look like three bums but, (laughs) but we're casual there was no such thing as casual. My father never, he, if he went to the corner to get a newspaper, he put a jacket on it, and, and sometimes, it, if he didn't have a tie, he would button all the buttons in his shirt. That's yeah. just how they did
2: it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of characters in the show that kind of represent the, a younger generation that would have been early 20s, or somewhere between 15 and 20, like late 50s. When you think about of the change of... Mm-hmm.
2: Because, you know, when the 50s, sort of, like, did make that move into...
1: It was starting slowly, but yeah,
2: even
0: right. even people who were a lot of... I have a brother and sister that were older. They wanted to revolt. They didn't know how.
2: Right. Exactly. It didn't happen
1: That's
0: until... 62 yeah. is right. when That's the key year Yeah, yeah. The, the Beatles with the long hair and then everything else. boom well,
2: It's yeah. a lot of...
1: It yeah. took a lot of thinking of, like, well how do you go about it? But,
0: you know, how one, one of the reasons you, that happened was the 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 conservative families we came from sent us to school to get a work permit. Yeah. And a lot of us became educated. And we learned how to think. <laughs> yeah. And we learned how to and guess what, mom, dad? All that stuff they've been telling you, that isn't true.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Um and yeah, I think I think another reason that like we started off with the idea of the fifties is that we, we really did want to do we wanted to tell a story about um the because the the state of the state of the country as it stands right now and sort of the entire ramp up through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s into now um the sort of like american empire like that idea really was like all engines were going in the 50s, you know, and that's mm-hmm. when it really started in my opinion is that like our our empire really began after world war ii yeah
0: we rebuilt the world yeah we rebuilt the world
2: exactly and and i think that period of time is so so incredible because when you look at where we are now like this is the result of that trajectory you know what i mean and it's like it's sort of an interesting thing to think about that we sort of we went all in in the 50s you know like we went all in on this idea of we're gonna we're gonna save the world and like everything is gonna be okay because we're in charge.
0: But I think we're doing it again. Yeah, with
2: technology. Yeah. we're doing
0: it differently, but we are doing it again.
1: And that's exactly the reason why I think that it's such an important time period because it's a really nice mirror for for what's happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
0: true. And and you guys have done a good job with that. From from what uh, I'm anticipating, something pretty pretty strong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, and uh, th- there's good buzz on it from. From, and I have a lot of sources in town oh, wow. some of the reasons I wow. wanted to get you guys on as an interview plus It's unique two actors and, and just by the way you presented yourself here You can tell you guys have you have a chemistry that really works
2: God willing yeah, yeah. Hope so <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> So is would you call the play a mystery a drama? Give us a category.
1: I think it's something let's make one up huh? yeah okay. um it's it's definitely the way that the the scenes are are constructed and and run with each other I think you're you're always it's almost like a serial novel like mm-hmm. from uh well, you know like early you'd get a piece of it in the mail or like in a magazine you have to wait for the next,
2: for the next <laughs> magazine. way right,
0: no.
1: Dickens wrote yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah yeah I, think
1: I, I used I, to go on Saturday mornings to the
0: to To see Flash Gordon, and they always left you hanging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come back the next Saturday. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, we our hope, I think, is with each scene is to kind of have that that feeling of like, well, yeah, are you setting us up for another to... play?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, like that's, that's I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one pretty much ties itself okay. up pretty good.
0: Okay. Uh, Why uh, I did some research on you guys as as always, and I, I uh, quote from an interview you guys did with uh, Time Out. Oh yeah. A text message play. (laughs) What in the world is that?
1: That was in reference to using Google Draft because, uh, you know, we've come a long way (laughs) in terms of like, whether it be, you know, carving on stone or writing on paper or using a typewriter to now I can sit across the table from Andrew and we literally sometimes never even had to say anything to each other. I'm just watching my computer screen and seeing what he's typing and I'm... And he can see what I'm typing and it's like all right I know where he's going with this and so you 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 find like what's and as long as you're always thinking okay well how's what's the next line that can help the story what is gonna get us to this next chunk that we've you know we've planned out where how do we get there Mm -hmm. and as long as you keep that in mind and you know what voice everybody has then I think it, it so you're saying I don't want the te- set say came easy, but I mean it felt the very technology actually.
2: helped then. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is it sort of turned like by the end of the process, it was very much like a call and response, silently typing kind of thing, in which like we would be working on this one chunk of a scene.
0: Now you're not writing a sentence, and he's not deleting it, is it?
2: No, but I mean no. there were times there, when yeah. we would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's perfectly normal. And like the, that would be a moment <laughs> when we would, with like. Because like, like we said at the end, we were just like sitting across the table from each other like looking at what we're writing and then like I'd type something and then I'd just see Chance's head go like just tilt to the side and little, like, ah, I don't know about that. Yeah. And then like I'd like delete it and be like, yeah, I don't know if that's right. And he'd be like, yeah, I don't know. And then we'd sort of like, you know, we'd usually only like speak when we had like questions about what, what was just written, yeah. you know. Like
1: I'd be typing and then I'd see something it Highlighted and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, you should probably just go in and race that.
0: That's yeah. that does not. well, you know, you guys know you're going to create a monster in town. You're going to get <laughs> other people to collaborate. Uh, well, all right, you, so, especially I mean, like, when you have a mechanism like this, you know. Well, I mean, it's available, it. you know, yeah. and
1: it's so, it's easy to do, like, in terms of collaboration, and and you know, sometimes. We're we're just in a town where it's it's stupid not to collaborate on as many levels as you possibly can because
0: right we have such a great talent yeah not yeah. only in
1: theater yeah. but with within music and just honestly like any industry you can you can find some sort of uh, something to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. you know and it's, sometimes it's really good to like go out of. Out of theater for a second and, and talk to someone and, and try to find a way to collaborate in that way too. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, well, we're looking forward to this play. Great, great. I mean, the process alone. Let's talk a little about about careers. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Chance, I, I remember you you're doing a terrific play at Looking Glass. Thank you. Tell us about that a little because uh, we want to cover what.
1: Oh, the play? Yeah. Well, the one you're in. Oh, it was. uh it was called the Last Act of Lulka Codson, and it was, uh, it was a it was a new play that was written um, as we were as we were rehearsing it. Um, I mean, it was mostly written before, but I mean, it was a new play, it was a oh, new work. Writers were in the, that had yeah that had to be fun. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is like with a work like this, I mean, I learned a lot from from that show in terms it's a great of great play with yeah. a new mm-hmm. with a new work and like how you handle. Something that's that's still floating around in terms of words and, and what the show is and like how to snatch. Well, it really came together. together. Yeah. Andrew, what what about
0: some of the work you've done and some of the? Have you been in any of your own plays?
2: No, 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 no. no Good.
0: No, Congratulations. Thank then. you.
2: <laughs> um, no, the the last thing I was in was uh, Jackalope's production of Rich and Famous, um, which is a John Guare musical. Uh, which was so much fun and um really ridiculous. It's one of the weirdest plays I've ever uh read or been a part of. Um, it's
0: one of the few I haven't seen it. No, um, yeah yeah, yeah it's great.
2: but yeah, it did that and um before that, I was in the last duck, which we did, oh my God last spring two sp- last spring mm-hmm. yeah, um, well over a year ago. Holy, yeah. holy crap! Pat Whalen. Pat Whalen was in that as well, and I uh, I do a lot of um, I'm the staff member at Jackalope, so I'm pretty constantly involved in whatever we're up to. So I uh, produced Long Way Go Down, which we did in the fall, uh, which is being remounted at Theater on the Lake at the end of July. Check it out. That's good. Um, and uh, yeah, so I produced uh, A Long Way Go Down and I was in Rich and Famous and then this is the final show of this season um, yeah and uh, I uh, just finished um, the I was the inaugural acting fellow at uh, Steppenwolf which is uh, the fellowship that they uh, sort of recreated last year um, which just came to an end uh, as uh, Belleville opened which was I was the assistant director for Belleville under Andy. Awesome Bachman. play!
0: Thank you. Yeah, it was really. You guys did a great job. So, Chance, you first. What's in your future? What are you look, What are you looking to do in the next year or two?
1: Well, um, some of the the work that I've been um, wanting to do has kind of taken me a little bit outside of theater. Uh, I, um, I've actually been working for the last couple of years, kind of alongside with this play with uh, with a, a book that's. Um, I've been lucky enough to collaborate on Uh, it's called egghead or you can't survive on ideas alone and it's a a book of kind of funny poetry and I've illustrated a lot of it and um, so I'll be kind of switching gears and and, um, thinking about that for a little bit but uh, gonna be performing it oh hopefully like there's gonna be somewhat of a you know hopefully some kind of tour that goes along with the book and the guy I'm working with um, his name's Bo Burnham, and he uh, he does a lot of going around and stand-up comedy and stuff. And so it might it's more on on his his side of things, but uh, performance art piece. Yeah, you, but, know. you know, I'm definitely going to be in the in the week. People
0: love those shows. Yeah, yeah, cool. I do them. I mean, those are nice little cash cows too. Moo. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so what what do you what do you have? You guys are you guys going to work together again?
1: Yeah. That's some. Doubtedly. yeah yeah totally yeah, absolutely
0: yeah if you have that kind of a dynamic you got to do it I mean, yeah rogers and hammerstein once they they weren't friends but yeah. they they clicked yeah on a level and then you saw the shows they did <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i think i think uh i'm this is this is like pro- probably the most uh my good friend gus Maneri has dubbed this summer the summer of overextension um, which I think is very appropriate because this is maybe the busiest I've ever been in my entire life. So I'm probably, there is no break in my immediate future, but I think when, when the opportunity for one comes around, I will take it. I, I, I know that in the next year, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be, uh, acting in the fall Jackalope show, and then I'm, uh, gonna be in a show with the Steep Theater in the winter. And then after that, I have no idea what I'm doing, and it feels great. <laughs> but um, there's but you
0: a... guys love you guys love being busy, don't you? Oh
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, there's a town full of actors and writers that are sitting around, you know, wondering what's what to do. Yeah, or no, writers it's... that are looking at the blank screen.
2: It's a blessing, you know. It's a really like it it's a fantastic thing to be, you know. Staying up till four in the morning, building a set, and then going to work, and then going to rehearsal, and then doing the same thing. Sure game.
0: beats putting a suit and tie on and going downtown and <laughs> yeah. shuffling yeah. papers in some corporate office. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, sometimes you work that in. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually also a part of my daily routine
0: <laughs> well, Occasionally. Well, yeah, you got to. That's right. You got to make a couple bucks here. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. At least pretend. I can pretend to enjoy work. Well,
0: congratulations, guys. Uh, uh, the the dynamic that you have explained has to produce a terrific play you just can't have the synergism and not having it and, and the buzz I've heard on it it's very good and we'll see it tomorrow night and and we'll know all right all right thank thanks, you thanks, thanks, thanks guys thanks and so much, Tom. thanks for listening folks and remember go see a play this week.